What's up, everyone? Welcome to another week of First Seed Fantasy. I am your host, Kyle Krajewski, joined by lovely, lovely as always, Michael Del Corso. Mike, what's up? You ready to talk some talk some fantasy? Yeah, I've been ready, man. We, we started back in June. It's getting into that prime month now. We're on our way to August, man. Yeah, we're I'm we're in July. It's early July, first week of July, and I'm fantasy football is now top of mind for uh, a lot a lot of the world because we're in that july lull we're past the the summer holiday the holiday of all the summer and it's just like all right let's talk let's talk football uh let's start organizing this fantasy football league uh and basically we're here to help you out with that uh whether that's kind of like getting that league started or getting into that league or i I, the bulk of it is winning that league uh and and kind of the preparation starts now man keeping an eye on ADP, right. where people are drafting, getting a good idea of what situations are looking like in the NFL moving forward or kind of before training camp starts. And what better way to do that than mock draft and just jump into tons of them. Uh, and that's exactly what Mike and I are going to do today. We're going to jump into a mock draft. However, that's not going to be, uh, I guess, the topic of conversation. That's going to be more, if you're tuning in, Visually on YouTube, that's going to be uh, what you can look at uh, as we talk. Uh, but for you audio listeners or the people who just put this on the TV and tune tune out uh, visually and just listen, uh, we're just going to be talking about uh, like just just guys. Uh, and, and I say that in a sense of like we're going to be drafting the background, but kind of using that as our crutch to talk about. Uh, round one finishes and Mike and I will basically be like, oh, like who, who do you like here? Like what is our favorite uh, first round pick? Who do we kind of really like here? Or like in the middle rounds, we'll be like, oh, what uh, values do we see here? What are basically our way of looking at a draft board, looking at where people are being drafted currently on sleeper and just be like, I like that. I don't like that. Uh, just kind of like to, to name names essentially and just kind of have something visually to help both us out and you as the viewer to kind of uh, to see it. And I, I know a lot of people like to just scroll through mock drafts. And because of that, we're, we're providing that for you as well. So it, it's, a, it's, it's a good way for us to uh, just look at a draft board and chat about it. And that's what we're doing here. So Absolutely. Right now, well, I, if you're watching that, it's going to be a ten or twelve team PPR basic. Uh, I'll pull it up on the screen now. Just a simple one QB, two running back, two receiver, tight end, flex, and then just three bench. Uh, it's not going to be a super long draft. Just a just a way to see how that how that roster builds, how that looks, uh, and then not get too deep into the benches. Uh, no, no defenses, no kickers, and you can have your own opinions on if those belong on a fantasy team or anywhere. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that on a later date. But for right now, we're just building the the core of your fantasy draft. I'm drafting from the one slot. Mike's drafting from the twelve slot. And as I hit start, Mike, I'm going to ask you two things. One, as I select Justin Jefferson, one. 
who is your pick one? Like who who is your one oh one this year? Mm. And two, if you had just free range, you could pick any of these draft picks. Like if you were picking your fantasy slot, where are you drafting from this year? What is your favorite pick? Yeah, my man, my one on one man, it's a tough conversation. I think this is the first actual year that you're seeing a lot of Travis Kelsey in that conversation this year. But for me, it's going to be Justin Jefferson. Uh, I'm going with the man. Um, No Thielen there this year. And I I just love Justin Jefferson, man. He's still young. I think he's going to have another great season, wide receiver one. And I think think that's going to be my pick. So I'm real excited about Justin Jefferson this year um, being my number one. Um, what about you, Kyle? Who are you thinking at the 101 this year if you had that privilege? If I had that privilege, it, I agree. It's Justin Jefferson. I'm I'm going to go back and forth uh, for a short time between Jefferson and McCaffrey just because having that, that uh, hero running back in McCaffrey is going to be worth so much. Uh, but I think it's Justin Jefferson. I think he's going to be electric. I think he's going to, I think this is the start of a career where we see wide receiver one, wide receiver one, wide receiver one years. Uh, and, and that's what I'm expecting out of Jefferson. Yeah, no, I, I think the same exact thing. Um, he was already in the top three last year in terms of who you're taking uh, with that top three pick. And, you know, Eckler did finish as the RB one, um, and there's a lot of speculation on him, you know, uh, new OC with Kellen Moore coming over, um, Kellen Moore with the Dallas Cowboys was a true air raid guy. He, he loved to go air raid offense and Dak just wasn't suited for it when it mattered. That that's what it came down to, but I feel like the chargers might be. So, uh, that's definitely going to have an impact on Eckler, um, as well as he's just getting older. And we know what that, what that does to running backs there, um, so, yeah, Jefferson, I, I really do like as that clear one. But first round, uh, I, I went ahead and ended it with Diggs there. Who do you like in this first round in terms of your favorite pick so far? And um, kind of like you asked me, where would be your money spot? Because for me, I would say my money spot this year is going to be one through five. Yeah, I one through five, I think I agree, is, is the money spot. I feel like you uh, maybe even six. I'll lump in. There's six guys, uh, and there they are on the screen. Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey, Jamar Chase, Austin Eckler, Cooper Cup, and Travis Kelsey. I think those are six guys that you can have on your roster and be insanely happy about. I, not to say that they're bust-proof, but they I, these are all kind of fantasy veterans to an extent. They're not one-year wonders, and I feel like we're going to – get uh we know what we're going to get and it's just a a round one pick and because of that i feel like getting any one of those six spots is ideal but preferably i guess one through three something about jefferson mccaffrey and your choice of the other four guys is going to be uh worth a lot right yeah and and i will i would say the same thing as well that that top three is so beautiful to know that you're you're basically going to lock yourself in with a top five ceiling in whatever position you go for, whether it's tight end, receiver, or running back, um, obviously minus injury. But it's a beautiful spot. And then you got four, five, six, and that turnaround in the second round is looking just as nice. Um, so, yeah, first round, man, I mean, that is the money spot for me, that one, two, three. I would love to start my drafts off with Jefferson, 
uh, McCaffrey, and then your mix of Chase. Uh, I would throw Cup in there and Travis Kelsey for me personally. Um, I would love at that three spot. So uh, that that really is the money spot. But one through six, man, you're getting one of those guys to start your draft. There's not a better way to do it. Um, and I absolutely love it. The, the end of the first round for me um, isn't the worst thing in the world. Obviously, you're getting your choice in the second round on the way back. Um, but yeah, for me, um, that that's I would say first round, probably my favorite pick in the first round this year, besides Jefferson, probably is going to be Kelsey wherever he goes. Um, I, I'm definitely excited to see where he finally goes. You know, um, in our league personally, he creeps up every single year. Uh, I think last year was the first time or the second time in our league's history he went in the first round. This may be the first time he goes in a top six uh, selection. So I'm really excited for that. And he's probably going to be my favorite pick in that first round there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can agree. Okay. And now we're laying out this second round. So, Mike, just as it's laying out, I we're seeing three quarterbacks go in the second round. And that's mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen. Uh, and, and it's kind of that's kind of a big leap that than we're used to. I know a few years back we've seen like Aaron Rodgers or uh, Peyton Manning and Cam Newton going in kind of the first three rounds, and it's kind of been a little bit of it's, we've kind of escaped that. Where previously previous years, Josh Allen and company were kind of going. Uh, late third, maybe uh, kind of in the fourth, like that was where the first quarterbacks were taken. And now we're seeing uh, Mahomes creeping up into the early second or uh, mm-hmm. kind of, and we just saw three in the second round. And, and that feels new, but it's kind of a return to what it used to be. What, what do you, I guess, personally feel about taking that, that second round QB? Yeah, it's uh it's an interesting thing. You know, you're looking at right there with those three QBs, three offenses that have been elite. Um, you could say even the past two years, like the Eagles breakout year was last year, uh, getting AJ Brown, and that's not gonna change. Um, and it, it's kind of a hard thing, you know. Um, with those three QBs, it really would be nice if you can get a first, second round stack, possibly with a wide receiver quarterback. Um, but obviously the only one that you'd really be able to do that with possibly is probably A.J. Brown and Hurts, um, even though A.J. Brown in, in this draft went in the second round here. He could easily be an end-of-the-first-round guy as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I kind of I kind of like the start with these early guys just because they're so far ahead of the other quarterbacks in terms of finishes every single season. Uh, Hurts just last year, obviously, but – Um, It's a great way to start. You know, you're, you're looking at a guy that's guaranteed to give you 20 plus every week. um, And and that's beautiful, you know, just to have that consistency on your roster. So I kind of like what, what pans out when you do go quarterback that early in the second round. Um, And I'm sure like when we get in August as well, that'll change a little bit. They might leak into the third round. Um, But yeah, I, I absolutely love it. What do you, what do you think about taking an early round QB and if you were looking for a quarterback in the second round, does that dictate who you take in the first round? Ooh, that is interesting. So I I kind of like to, I guess, personally go into drafts feeling fluid, not saying I'm going to be taking a quarterback in the second round. 
But you make a good point in that I preferably I'd like to try to like it's it's kind of like more of a best ball term, but it's helpful, super helpful in redraft to kind of make those stacks. So like to have Kelsey and then Mahomes is huge. But Mm -hmm. then you kind of like to take Diggs and then Allen, you really have to uh, either really jump and get uh, Josh Allen way above ADP. Like you did, you got him Diggs at 12 and then Allen went 209. Right. So you'd really have to take Allen really early, which is not good. Mm -hmm. Or just really bank on getting them back. So it's kind of hard to really like uh, maneuver that. But at the same time, I feel like that's when it would work best to kind of have the the pairings. So I I personally wouldn't go that avenue, but at the same time, like to have Kelsey and Mahomes, you've got the 101 in both positions and you'd probably be really hurting at running back and receiver. But at the same time, you're kind of going into every matchup with a guaranteed top top two guys at their position. Yeah. Yeah, and, And probably the latest I see Kelsey go is probably this year. What do you think? 1.9, 1.10 at the absolute latest in most leagues this year, especially with, with his ADP right now. And that is yeah. probably the most realistic stack is probably that Mahomes-Kelsey. And obviously Mahomes is most likely going first. So um, if you were going to reach for a quarterback, it would make total sense to grab Mahomes maybe in the middle there, uh, maybe maybe even in the earlier in the second round if you have like yeah. a 9 or 10 pick, you know. Um, but it definitely makes sense. And, and like you said, starting your draft off with Mahomes and Kelsey, man, whew, I don't know if it gets better than that. Yeah, it, it, that's a that's a dangerous duo. But again, you're starting with a tight end and a quarterback when you at the least have to start a two running backs and two wide receivers and you kind of go into the third round without either of those positions. But Very true. Yep. And, and something we're going to talk about here is uh, let's see how those running backs pan out in the third round. Now you start seeing that drop off um, from your top notch guys and it becomes an interesting conversation. So, yeah. And this is kind of where uh, kind of where the, what they call the RB dead zone starts to form mm-hmm. uh, in the kind of the third round and between like the third and the seventh is kind of where it, it's kind of projected to exist. And that's where like running backs don't typically boom in this area. Uh, and the few that do are kind of the, the least projected to or at least expected to. But right now, looking through our third round, uh, third round of running backs, we saw Derrick Henry, Brees Hall, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, and Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I guess of those six, Mike, which do you do you like either of those, or do you like any of the four wide receivers that went in Olave, Devontae Smith, DK Metcalf, or T Higgins? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question there. You know, I think volume wise, as it as it looks right now, Derrick Henry in the third round is really nice. Um, we're doing full PPR here, so it's a little bit different, but um, not not by much. Um, and I really do love Ramadre at the three seven um, with the amount of volume that he's set to see this year, bearing the Dalvin Cook rumor um, that he goes to New England, which I hope doesn't happen, but. Um, yeah, that, that's gotta be my favorite pick. I think possibly, yeah, I'm going to say definitely over those four receivers as well. If I can get my hands on Ramadre 
in the third round, um, especially looking at um, some of these teams here. Uh, obviously, Team 8 is going uh, a little bit off schedule with the three running backs, but um, especially for my start going two wide receivers, it would be really nice to have a running back like that in the third round. And this tier that you just talked about, the running back dead zone, I think it really does fall off after this in terms of being comfortable with an RB1 per se. Um, But yeah, Derrick Henry and Ramadre in the third round this year is probably my limit on what I'd be comfortable to have as an RB1. Um, I do love Brees Hall. little scary with the injury um, to have as an RB1, but I think he'll be okay. He'll be fine. Uh, I think he'll make up for it in the passing game as well. Um, And I'm not a huge fan of taking ETN Harris there. Um, I do like Gibbs um, just for the passing upside, but ETN and Harris I'd be a little bit lower on as well as DK Metcalf, I'd be a little bit lower on this year. Other than that, I I really do love this third round. Um, and like you said, this is where I think a, a drop-off comes for the running backs. Um, and that's why uh, even, even in my spot here, I'm definitely going to have to take one just for this turnaround here. Um, but yeah, third round, third round, I think is very interesting. I think this may be a round where you could definitely make or break your draft pretty easily. Um, and I also love the sneaky Lamar pick in there as well. Um, if you are seeing quarterbacks go this early in the second round, middle of the second round, that would also entice me to look for one of the top fives, the rest of the top fives. Um, and, and you know, that's, that's what I'm doing here as well. Um, I definitely wouldn't want to let that go. So, um, I do love the Lamar slide in there. Um, I'm a huge fan of Ramadre and I love Derrick Henry in that third round. Yeah, I think you kind of made the right pick there uh, to kind of see. You kind of have to make that judgment pick of quarterbacks are going early. Do I want this group of them or do I really want to wait? And I think you took Burrow there at the start of the fourth. But there's I mean, I think there's a few tiers here where it's Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes in one tier. And then kind of the next group is Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Justin Fields, and probably like Justin Herbert is kind of floating there. And then I think from there, it's kind of probably a round gap between before the next guy. But I think you're going to be, I think everybody's going to be in the league where people see a quarterback go in the first and the second round and they're going to panic and be like, wait, I need to get my guy now. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, we're drafting against computers, but you're going to see guys see Patrick Mahomes go and say, I got to get Hurts, I got to get Allen, and they're going to be drafted immediately after. Right. Just because uh, a position is taken, then it creates panic. Uh, and that's where you'll see, you'll probably see drafts where Lamar Jackson goes early third and Burrow yeah. follows shortly after. It's kind of like somebody kicks off the domino of the next group and they're just like, wait, I need to get the guy before they're gone. Right. And like you said, I think Herbert is going to end this little tier of quarterbacks here um, to top off the top seven. Um, And it's also interesting as well. Most default fantasy leagues do have passing touchdowns at four and rushing at six, which definitely would give Lamar and Justin Fields a little bit more of a boost. um, And Jalen Hurts, even Josh Allen, really. 
uh, most of those guys a little bit of a boost. And, and that would definitely entice me to uh, look their way a little bit earlier, like you said, where I see Mahomes and, and Hurts and Allen go in the second, and I'm like, okay, let me get a Russian quarterback um, in the third or the fourth. So, yeah, I'd, I'd be thinking the same exact thing there. Yeah, and then now we're hitting the end of the fourth here. We saw our uh, just our third tight end go. Mm -hmm. And I guess my question to you, I took one at the end of the second um, and we see George Kittle still sitting here at the end of the fourth as Kelsey, Mark Andrews and TJ Hawkinson are the three tight ends off the board. Slightly different approach here than we see for quarterbacks. But what what kind of what's your vibe on tight ends? Are they someone are they a position you're targeting? Are they a position you're super waiting on or are they just one of them where? If uh, George Kittle makes it to you at the end of the fifth, you're taking him because why not? That's that's where you really like it. Uh, yeah. What's your kind of vibe there? Hmm. That That's a good question, too. Um, I guess it would kind of depend. For me personally, I, this year, if I don't have that top six spot, I could rule Kelsey out. I would highly be interested in Mark Andrews in the second round. Um, I think – the gap between Andrews and Kelsey should be really thin this year, um, if not very, very close to even. So I do love Andrews there. That's kind of where I fall off a little bit. I like Hawkinson in the fourth. Um, in terms of points per game, what he did last year was unbelievable when he did go to the Vikings. Um, and I think he'll have more of a red zone presence as well this year um, with, with no Dalvin and no Thielen. Um, so I do like Hawkinson as well. I do think Kittle should be going right after Hawkinson. Um, so if I do see Kittle slide to that fifth round, it definitely would be interesting. Um, but it, then again, it, it kind of depends on how the draft goes. You know, um, at this point, if I was team five with no running backs, I would definitely be looking for one there. Uh, or, or a running back, rather. I wouldn't be looking tight end. It kind of depends on how it plays out for me personally. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I do think that Kittle should be going right next to Hawkinson. I don't think he should be going a full round later. Yeah, I I mean, if I didn't take Andrews here, I'm sitting with the first pick of the fifth. If I didn't have Andrews already, Kittle in round five already, I, I love. I Personally, I'm putting Kittle above Hawkinson. So it's like, I think I'm a value seeker when it comes to tight end. I'm not I'm not buying tight ends, but if I find myself in a situation where a guy falls to me and I'm just like, all right, yeah, I kind of dig that, and I'm taking him. Uh, right. And that's kind of how I felt with Andrews. End of the 12th, I'm just like, I kind of like Andrews more than uh, some of these receivers and running backs. So that's where I'm, I'm placing myself. Yep. And just like you said as well, even at the end of that third round, we really did hit that running back dead zone now where you're most likely not drafting consistency anymore. Um, and you're going to see a bunch of those backs that are going to be hit or miss. And that's exactly what we got in the fourth and fifth round here. Uh, you saw Joe Mixon, Kenneth Walker, J.K. Dobbins, Damian Pierce, Miles Sanders, Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift. A um, lot of guys there that you're you're really going hit or miss for the most part, you know. Um, and I I do like some of those backs. I, I I like Walker. I like Mixon. I still like Dobbins. I like Pierce. Um, I like Sanders for where he's being drafted. 
Swift, um, even that we were talking before the show, it's a little bit scary to take an Eagles running back right now. Um, we were just commenting on it too, saying that most likely it's going to pan out to be a committee there. And it's a little scary um, to take a running back like that in the fifth round. You don't want a committee running back in the fifth round. So uh, that's probably one of my least favorite picks that we just saw go in the fifth. I would not be taking Swift that early as of right now. Um, but yeah, just analyzing that fifth round there, um, absolute steal getting Herbert in the fifth as well. And like I said, mm-hmm. that kind of uh, tops off that that top seven quarterback for me. After that, I, I would definitely wait a little bit personally if those top seven go. Um, and then Kittle went shortly after as well. So that, that definitely makes sense there. Um, how do you feel about the double Atlanta pick at 10 and 11 here with London and Pitts? Um, I, I know – they, they believe that Ritter is going to be an upgrade for Mariota, and I believe that as well. But mm. you can't trust what goes on in Atlanta. The offense has been so inconsistent, and it's kind of a free-for-all, and it's definitely run first. So if you do get presented with that decision, Drake London or Kyle Pitts, who do you think gets more volume this year? Who would you go with? More volume, I'm going to go with the guy who's already seen more volume uh, in Drake London. I feel like uh, Pitts left a, a real pit stain on on his on his name uh, last season, and he somehow has made his way back into everybody's hearts as he's currently the sixth tight end off the board, fifth, and that it feels crazy to me when everybody was kind of really unhappy with him last year, but London. I feel like if you go into the expect into the season with an expectation, a fifth round draft pick expectation of Drake London, you're going to be happy where mm-hmm. if I'm taking Pitts as the fifth tight end, I feel like you're almost setting yourself up for failure because the volume, the passing volume's not there to make Pitts a right. top five tight end. Um, so I'm going to take Drake London, especially, I mean, we're seeing team 10 here with four wide receivers. If my fourth wide receiver is Drake London, I'm happy. Uh, like if I have the opportunity to flex Drake London, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. I think in this position, he is a a bench player. And I think, I, I think in that realm, a flex spot for Drake London is perfect. I think that's where he, uh, will thrive because you're not setting yourself up for failure where Kyle Pitts could really knock down a bunch of dominoes with your team. Right, exactly. Um, and that's that's definitely something to look at strategy-wise, too, as everybody drafts. You definitely want to pay attention to who is the number one option on the football team, who is going to see the most volume on the football team. And, you know, you look at that fifth round there, if we break it down, um, Jerry Judy, uh, it, it's debatable whether he will be the number one option. Um, I, I want to see how that offense pans out this year. Um, I do think that he's definitely the most talented right alongside Tim Patrick, which is also up for debate, kind of ruling out Corlin Sutton there. But um, I do love that team, and that's interesting. But you got DJ Moore, number one option on his team. Um, you got Christian Watson, number one option on his team. Terry McLaurin, number one option. And then, like we just said, Drake London, number one option. So um, in terms of volume, obviously, not skill or anything, that's a whole separate debate. Um, But, yeah, like you said, you are still seeing guys in the fifth round here that are going to be the highest volume guys on their team. 
And to take a guy like Pitts, who you just know is going to be inconsistent, he could break through, but still won't be the, the top guy. It's not a great feeling. It is it is a, a stinky Pitts. Mm-hmm. That, that's what you would call that one. So mm-hmm. I totally get what you're saying there. Um, and, yeah, you, to, to see number one options in the fifth and sixth round is still beautiful, um, especially at the wide receiver position. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like you don't pass on that. If you, if you know you're going to get a number one guy, whether it's a running back, receiver, I uh, don't believe there's going to be any more tight end number one options on their team, um, but there might be. So, yeah, I kind of I kind of like what you said there. Uh, like I said, you want to you want to still look for those number one guys. It's kind of rough to to look at the number two options on football teams um, unless they're on a predominant offense, such as like the Bengals with Higgins and um, yeah. even even the Eagles with Devonta Smith. And obviously, those guys go a lot earlier. So. Yeah, so now that we're kind of finding our way, kicking off the sixth round here, uh, a lot of these teams, uh, us included, are finding ourselves drafting our our flex spots or our kind of third of a certain position or maybe even our bench spot, our early bench. Uh, I guess my question for you then, Mike, is do you have a flex strategy? Do you kind of go into – Maybe not into drafts, but go into your uh, mid rounds with a an ideal flex type, uh, and I guess part of that is how your roster is already constructed. Like if you went heavy on running back early, your flex is probably looking like a, a, a healthy wide receiver, or your extra middle round spots are looking like wide receivers. But do you kind of like shape it in a different way? How do you kind of look at these? Yeah, so I do. Um, Every draft I go into, basically, it kind of depends on how I start. Um, If I'm going, say, wide receiver heavy to start like I did, wide receiver, wide receiver, then most likely what I'm going to do is I am going to take that hit on running back, um, but I'm going to make sure that I also have that extra receiver as a flex. So it, it does depend on how I start. In this case here, uh, my lineup would definitely be better if it was suited to two running backs, three receivers. Um, so that's on me there. But um, it's more so depending on how I start the draft. Now, say I was team eight that had a Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs start. That's where I'm most likely going to have a flex or I'm going to look for a flex running back a little bit later just because I think running backs are – Uh, I would say a lot harder in a sense to predict um, just in terms of health and, and position and stuff like that. So I probably would flex a running back later and I'd fill my wide receiver positions, but it definitely does. It's definitely a strategy I have where it depends on how I start in this one. I went two wide receivers and if I do go wide receiver heavy, kind of just like we mentioned, to have a dude like Drake London be your flex is just absolutely fantastic. Um, Number one option on a football team, going to see the most volume. That's something that's hard to pass. And the Mm -hmm. running backs at this point, you're not really seeing that as much. Um, If I did flex a running back, like I said, if I did start with two or if I had two within three rounds, I would look for a running back at this spot for a flex but I would make sure that it's a receiving back in a PPR league. Um, 
So guys like Rashad White would definitely c- catch my attention a lot. Um, even Alexander Madison, who I think will catch a few passes this year. Dudes like that would definitely catch my eye a little bit more as a flex option. Um, so, yeah, it all depends um, on, on how I start for me. But um, what about you? If you're thinking in terms of flex here, sixth, seventh round, like you said, you could get a flex. You can get a bench spot. Kind of what do you look at um, and how do you go from there? I – kind of especially in these middle rounds where I I guess the dead zone still exists, unless I'm getting a high value, high volume, or I guess high volume running back or a running back in a slightly new position, like a Rashad white or a kind of Alexander Madison and kind of those two guys, maybe cam makers to an extent. I feel like those few are where I'd be targeting the running back position. But outside of that, I love I and have consistently always loved wide receivers in this range. And I always find myself loading up on them and succeeding with them where I can get a Brandon Ayuk and he can sit on my flex and be a consistent 10 point player on my flex or ball out and get the 28 point games that he uh, frequently has. Uh, or a, a DJ Moore in a new position where he can absolutely thrive, uh, or a Mike Williams where, it, given a healthy stretch of time, could be a top five wide receiver. You kind of get these guys, and those are the guys I love to target, love to kind of load up my roster with in this range, and that's who I, that's typically and what I love to do uh, with my flex and my early bench spots. Yeah, and, and I, I definitely agree with that as well. Um, even as we were mentioning it, in right around that running back dead zone, the third, fourth round there, you go from great consistency to hit or miss. And if you could still find consistency such as you did uh, and you were saying with a wide receiver in these later rounds, it's definitely a safer option than taking a running back that's going to be hit or miss just for that ceiling. And this is what wins you the league. Like if you analyze the seventh round here that just went, you got guys like Christian Kirk, Tyler Lockett that continues to outperform DK Metcalf um, and slide. And obviously the rookie there now will shake some things up. Um, Traylon Burks, another number one option, Deonta Johnson, uh, George Pickens. And we mentioned that as well, how their ADPs are super close this year. Um, it's a great thing, you know, uh, to find a number one option again at receiver and just consistency is definitely very important, but at the same time, it's consistency with high ceilings. And you're definitely going to find that. I feel like at the wide, wide receiver position more than the running back, unless, like I said, you get those running backs that are receiving backs, um, in PPR leagues. And that adds a little bit of a twist there. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely love it, too, in the seventh round here. I love Darren Waller going here, and I do love Deshaun Watson in the seventh round as well. Um, I think Waller is another dude, um, which is kind of why I ate my words a little bit with having a number one tight end option. I think Darren Waller could be the number one receiving option on the team. It could be a little bit Kelsey-esque um, with all of those receivers now that are kind of all – in the same range, you know, we'll wait for training camp to see if we have any standouts on that roster. Um, but I do think that, especially in the red zone, it could be Darren Waller. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I do love that tight end spot there. And I think Watson in the seventh round is another, another gold mine, you know, on a revived Browns team that I think is, is going to come out of the grave this year with Deshaun getting a full off season, the addition of Elijah Moore, I think the offense could be on the up and up. Um, and again, Deshaun Watson with his rushing ability, you never know, um, just adds another aspect to the game. So I, I really do love these picks. And like you said, the wide receiver gold here is just really nice. Really, really nice. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, even even like you said, the running back dead zone kind of hits right around rounds three, four, um, where you stop getting the consistency. But you definitely still can find it in terms of points per game in the seventh round at the receiver position. Yeah, absolutely. And then we've got our favorite wide receiver here, Christian Kirk, going in the mid-seventh. Uh I don't think we see any better value than that. Speaking of values, Mike, uh, just floating these last three rounds, uh, let's call it uh, five through seven. Um, which guys here kind of stand out and do you see kind of towards uh, maybe even past week three, do you see people kicking themselves saying, why didn't I draft him earlier? Why didn't I think about drafting him earlier? Uh, why is he on somebody else's team? Because I let him go to in the sixth round. Hmm. That is a good one. That is, that is a good question. You know, I I do think that if I'm looking, you said rounds three through seven, correct? I said five through seven, but five through seven. Bit, okay. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I think I think Brandon Ayuk is going to be one of those guys that I will have a hard time passing on. Um, it's got to be um, the right spot in the draft, but he's a dude that in that range is definitely someone I would hate to to miss out on. Um, Rashad White is another running back I would hate to miss out on. I think running back that has receiving ability on a bad football team is always a positive thing in PPR leagues. Um, that's another dude, especially if I start um, kind of like I did, um, wide receiver heavy. He's a dude that I would love to have as an RB2 or a flex. Um, those two guys would stand out the most to me, rounds three through seven. Um, hmm. But I have to say my favorite, my favorite value pick in these, or five through seven rather, is probably going to have to be, hmm, I would say Tyler Lockett or Trey Burks for me. And I think it's just because Lockett every single year is such a great value in terms of getting drafted in in this particular draft uh, four rounds later than DK Metcalf, who we outperformed last year. You know, Mm -hmm. I just, I just don't get that. It happens every single year and every single year he, he just keeps dropping and dropping. I think that's beautiful. Um, if, if I could have even snagged him maybe in the sixth round, in the fifth round, depending on how my team panned out, you know, like Tyler Lockett versus a DJ Moore or a Jerry Judy who went in the fifth round, I'm probably leaning towards Lockett um, if we're being honest. So that's, that's why he stands out to me. And Traylon Burks, um, on the other hand, Stands out to me a lot. Um, if you guys follow our website and stuff, we put out our rookie rankings every year. He was my wide receiver, uh, number one rookie wide receiver last year going into it. 
And I just think great talent, bad football team. And, you know, I I do hope that gets revived. I'm sure that we'll see – I'm now I'm blanking on the name. I'm sure we'll see Levis at some point this season, um, especially towards the back end of the year. So I do think that the talent is there. And I love talent. I, I, I always draft for talent. It just kind of depends on the position and the usage. But Trey Long being the number one guy this year, another season, rookie season out of the way, I think those two guys stand out to me the most. Um, and those are two guys that if I could definitely get my hands on as a wide receiver three or a flex option um, in, this, in this particular format flex, that's beautiful. And you just said it as well. You, you want to talk about ceiling. Um, and guys that just have the potential to put up as much points as possible on anybody on the board, five through seven, um, those guys really stand out to me the most. So those those two would make me the most excited. Yeah, I'm going to have to join you on the Lockett pick. I feel like, I, I mean, I know they added JSN this year uh, in the in the draft, and he's definitely going to have a role, but I don't see this. I, this offense is going to throw a lot like we saw last year. I, and, and I feel like Lockett is he's still going to have his role. Lockett's still going to put up fantasy points. And you're getting him as a, a late flex, probably bench player. And I feel like that's where I, he continues to thrive. Uh, I'll pull it up right now, but he consistently has these... Uh, yeah, let's see it. Last year, he was wide receiver 13, year before 15, year before 18, year before wide receiver 13. Uh, and I think each of those years, he was being drafted like round five. Mm-hmm. And, and, and behind PK. So. Yep. And uh, now he goes into another situation where he's kind of being doubted. And uh, who knows? He's going to prove us wrong again. And I, I look forward to it. So lock it. And then Christian Kirk on a Jacksonville offense that I think is going to uh, really take a step up this year is kind of where I'm leaning. Yeah. And um, it's kind of funny. Um, I'm looking back to two years ago. You had Jamar Chase, who was a rookie, um, ADP-wise being drafted right next to Tyler Boyd in that offense. And, you know, um, even yeah. in our league, I think uh, uh, Zach – um, went Jamar Chase, and I think he got him in the eighth or ninth round. Yep. Very similar to this, and now you're seeing teammates being drafted this close to each other, um, Lockett and JSN, and then Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, three picks later. Um, does that scare you from taking one or the other? You know, I, 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 I feel like me personally, I do get a little bit of anxiety when I'm in a draft and I'm on the clock, and you got everybody around you haunting you, and you want to go receiver, and you kind of just don't know which one to take. I I would lean personally lock it over JSN just for this year until I see it with my own eyes. Um, I do think JSN is super, super talented. Um, yeah. But what about Johnson and Pickens? With Johnson not scoring any touchdowns last year, does that scare you? Uh, you know – it's it's tricky. Um, I like Deontay kind of uh, having a solidified role in the Steelers offense uh, and then kind of, uh, I guess, continuing with that. I think Deontay last year, what he finished as, let me pull up his card here. 
finished last year as the wide receiver 30 without missing a game. It's a little obviously worrying, but I feel like that's his floor. And if he's being drafted at his floor, you kind of are, you know what you're expecting and probably will get more from that. I don't see him going from eight and seven touchdowns in the two years prior to zero and then staying at zero. I feel like we are going to see a a Kenny Pickett that uh, upgrades, uh, has another year under his belt and kind of continues this or starts the season is really what it comes down to. He's going to start. He's going to have a a second year. He's going to take a leap personally as a quarterback. And I think Johnson's going to make a, a, a kind of level up there where Pickens I think is going to follow, follow in his footsteps where I feel like they're being drafted at their floor and not to say that they're going to really shine, but I think you're going to find yourself a starter where they're being drafted as bench players right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you said it perfectly, you know, and that even makes me feel, uh, makes me feel a little bit better too, thinking about it like that, because you know, Johnson for not missing a single game, finishing as wide receiver 30 with no touchdowns. I guarantee you, if you add a few points on, if you had two touchdowns, he probably bumps up into wide receiver two territory somewhere right around there. So, yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying. If you're drafting a number one option at the receiver position in a in a PPR league at his floor, um, yeah. and, and that's why I was so excited about Burks as well. Um, that's kind of beautiful, you know. It, it could only go up from there. So why not take them where everybody's kind of just saying like, eh, you know, kind of like I just said, like maybe they're a little bit scared or um, they're looking at last year's numbers too much um, and they, they kind of back off. That's that's a great point. Um, I definitely like that there. Now, you kind of touched on this uh, in your previous, I guess, conversation or your mini rant. But the rookie receivers, uh, we saw in round eight, we saw three rookie receivers go in JSN, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, and then I just took Zay Flowers at the start of the ninth. What's your, I guess, what's your feeling towards rookie receivers? I feel like these guys are kind of being lumped together here in drafts, but they're on completely different teams with completely different situations where Johnston and JSN are entering teams where they're easily the wide receiver three in that offense uh, with JSN behind Metcalf and Lockett and Johnston finds himself in the, on the chargers behind Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, where Jordan Addison is behind Justin Jefferson kind of fights KJ Osborne for that wide receiver two role. And then Zay flowers could be the wide receiver one in Baltimore. Uh, So very different ranges on the spectrum uh i guess what's your vibe towards i guess the rookie receivers specifically in this range yeah that's um that's very that's a that's a very tough question but what i've done from experience is i i ex football player i always look at talent first and i kind of in past years psyched myself out on the position and the situation Um, is he wide receiver one? Is he the two? Is he the three? Um, does the offense throw the ball? Who is the OC stuff like that? And I let that kind of scare me from straight up great talent. And last year is kind of where I, 
got rid of that narrative a little bit, and I started drafting these rookie wide receivers for pure talent. And I think that's what you have to look at. Um, for me, I think JSN was the best wide receiver coming out of this draft. So for him to go in the eighth round, another guy where I think, yeah, I think Lockett should probably go a round or two earlier, kind of like he did. But I would not be scared of JSN. I definitely would not be scared of Zay Flowers either. Um, and even Addison, I think I'd probably I'd probably wait a little bit on Addison because I think talent-wise, I don't think he's unbelievable. He doesn't really pop off the screen to be that much better than K.J. Osborne to me. Um, and that goes the same for Johnston. I don't think – I think his play style is very similar to Mike Williams. So talent-wise, he's not popping off the screen to me to where I would – fade those two a little bit for the eighth round. I think if you can get Mike Evans in the eighth round, there's no reason you should be taking one of them in the eighth round. That's just my personal opinion. But guys like Zay Flowers and JSN that I think the talent is through the roof, those are guys that, like I said, since last year, I am not scaring myself away from them anymore. You could say JSN's wide receiver three. You could say Zay Flowers is fighting with a veteran. Um, and, and even some other younger guys for wide receiver one, but talent, talent will prevail. And I think these NFL teams, when they draft guys, especially first round, they're going to use them. They're, they're not going to yeah. baby them. They're not going to let them just have like build up. They're going to use them, you know? Um, so guys like that, I I'm all in on this year. I love them at the spot here. Eighth, ninth round to get Zay flowers or JSN beautiful. Addison and Johnson, I'd be a little bit further back on. Um, but like I said, I, I definitely um, have kind of crushed that narrative to be scared of these rookie receivers. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I am in the same boat. I feel like it's one of those. I've been seeing the term embrace uncertainty uh, when drafting where, yeah, you can draft, uh, let me say, Juju Smith-Schuster. I guess that's uncertain, too. Uh, I'm looking at receivers. They're all kind of in new positions here. Interesting. Uh, let's say a Christian Kirk, for an example, or a, actually a perfect example, Gabe Davis. You're going to be drafting him. You know what you're going to get because last year was kind of he, his year to do what he can, and he didn't. Where and So you know what you're going to get when you're drafting Gabe Davis. But you can draft any of these rookies or let's say Brandon Cooks in Dallas, or Juju in New England. And I guess this whole range is perfect for this. Uh, but they're all yeah. in new positions. It, it's uncertainty. And it's kind of like embracing that benefits you because you, you could draft a Gabe Davis and you know what you're going to get, or you can get these new guys, these, these uh, rookies or these players in new positions and could get a boom or you could get, a Gabe Davis in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. it, it's kind of like you, there's a larger range of outcomes. And so to take the, the uncertainty is exciting. So like uh, in kind of embracing that and really, I guess, diving into that more as I, uh, uh, I, in the more recent years, I've kind of really, really fallen in love with kind of taking advantage of uh, late round rookies because you could find yourself with uh, league winners or you could find yourself with weak winners. And that's, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, I think we, we broke through on something here. Rookie receivers do not be afraid. 
Do not be afraid. Yeah. It took me a long time. You picked up on it sooner than I did. Um, and even last year, for a great example in the eighth round here, Jahan Dotson, great yeah. talent. And last year I was scared. I was like, okay, he's going to a bad team, bad quarterback. I kind of don't want to touch him. And look what happened. You know, he was phenomenal until he got – he had some injuries and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, man, talent, 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 uh, especially at the rookie position. And it definitely matters where they go in the NFL draft as well. I just feel like teams that take these guys earlier, whether they're bust or not, they're going to see volume because they got to see it pan out. So don't be afraid of the talent. Definitely take those guys. And I'm totally on board with taking – even even Addison and Johnston, who I said I was a little bit more scared of, I would definitely still take them above Gabe Davis, uh, Juju yeah. Smith, um, even Michael Thomas. I mean, Michael Thomas for me, that's that's a whole other story. You know? That's uh, for me too. Hey, he's old news for me personally. Yeah, uh, I just I won't be finding out what Michael Thomas is going to be doing this year. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch someone else go through that. It's been too many years now. Um, and, and to take someone like that over a rookie, I think, especially within round 10, is just absolutely crazy. Yeah, it, it's kind of a – that's a super bold strategy where I I think you're – the weaker of the outcomes is more possible. More – more, yeah, more possible to happen for you than the, the full range where you can have Jordan Addison be wide receiver two on a fantastic offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about that ceiling, man. This is uh, that 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 seven through, I'd say right around round fourteen. You basically are just you're selecting backups at every position, um, for the most part. But right in those rounds, man, that's that's really where you win the draft. And it could be the one flex guy that you take that is just absolutely phenomenal. You know, um, yep. ironically enough, in hours last year, it was Jamal Williams who got drafted, I think, in the 14th, 15th round. And yep. look what he did at, at the running back position. You know, you just never know. It's going to be one of these guys that's going to step up to the plate, have a huge year, and, you know, don't be don't be scared to, to bet on talent always. Yeah, bet on the talent, bet on the situation. Uh, it, it's a weird, uh, weird league, and that's kind of the joys of what fantasy football provides is that it's weird and it's not perfect. And the the taco of your league could be the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike, as this as this draft has kind of come to an end, I did want to touch on something because we've completely, I guess, skipped over it. Um, but handcuffs or like these kind of running backs that are kind of going in these later uh, eight through eight and on rounds uh, are kind of, I think are primarily handcuffs at this point, mm-hmm. uh, except for a few sprinkled in here. But who are some names, whether they're in a uh, crowded backfield or are not the clear cut number one running back? Who are some of these guys that y- you like and either are targeting or just definitely have your eyes on? Yeah, I got to say, um, I have two handcuffs this year that I am very, very, very excited about. One, my favorite handcuff is going to be Roshan Johnson. I think on a Bears team that is now in a lot weaker division, I think the Bears are going to finally start rolling this year. I think Justin Hurts or Hurts, Justin Fields has a breakout year. And we were just talking about talent. 
I think Roshan Johnson is light years more talented than Khalil Herbert. I don't think it's going to take long for him to take over that backfield. I took Khalil Herbert there um, just because I definitely didn't need a starter, and I kind of waited on running backs there. Um, but in a draft like this, I mean, you can get Roshan Johnson probably past the 10th round, and I think he's going to be an eventual starter. So he's my number one. My number two handcuff this year is going to be a guy that you mentioned or we were kind of talking about earlier. Um, but for me, it's going to be Kenneth Gainwell. Is probably mm. my favorite number two. You know, with all the talks surrounding the committee and what's going on there, um, we were even talking about Rashad Penny being in the mix. But I think it is going to be Gainwell. No matter who's came through since he's been there, he's eaten away and he has taken carries. So I, I'm very excited for those two, more particular Roshan. But uh, those got to be my two favorite handcuffs this year. And you know what? I'm also going to throw in a third one because this guy Ooh. didn't get drafted, and I feel like it definitely should be mentioned. Um, again, talented running back that just hasn't seen the light of day yet, such as Roshan. Jerome Ford, the number two in Cleveland, another name to keep your eye out on. Absolutely explosive at Cincinnati. He's an absolute beast of a running back. He's finally going to see the light this year with no Kareem Hunt. And I think uh, if anything does happen to Chubb, knock on wood, Jerome Ford will be ready to be a bell cow. Still has his legs fresh. Uh, so th I would say those three running backs are going to be my favorite this year uh, for handcuffs. Uh, what Not about that? Uh, I'm a big fan of Samaje Pirine. Um, mm, another good one. Te technically the number two in Denver, but I have a feeling he's going to start the year as the one as Javante probably takes his time or hopefully takes his time kind of returning from injury. Uh, so Samaje finds his way, uh, had some pretty solid weeks as a uh, filling in for Mixon all these past few years. Uh, so I, I like him. And you mentioned running back in this backfield already, uh, but I'm going to name a, a third name from this backfield, and that's Rashad Penny. Um, I feel like Penny was signed uh, to have a year. Um, I feel like he was, I mean, he was brought in before Swift kind of showed up in town uh, in mm -hmm. Philly. So I feel like Penny, uh, they had a role in mind for him. And I don't think that disappears with Swift. I feel like this is going to be a, a weird backfield. Uh, I think you kind of really nailed this in earlier already. Uh, it's going to be a weird backfield. It's going to be a crowded backfield. And I think we both agree that Hertz is going to be the number one rusher still. But that's not to say that this team is still going to be run first or productive and scoring. And I feel like Penny, Swift, Gainwell, and Boston Scott two times a year are going to have uh, their games. And uh, I feel like Penny uh, could be a guy. And I early reports are oddly saying Penny is killing it in camps so or in practices pretty much. But who mm -hmm. knows? Uh, I'm sure – that backfield is going to be a fog up until week 16. So <laughs> who knows? Hey, we'll see. And, and it's really funny too. Uh, the two teams that made the Super Bowl last year, do you want to draft any of the running backs on their team? Do you honestly like to draft any of them at their spots right now? Cause I don't think I do. I don't love it. Uh, I don't mind taking McKinnon late. Um, but he, it's not an exciting pick. He's a guy that you're just kind of filling, filling your bench up with. Mm -hmm. 
but aside from, I guess, him and uh, Penny, it's kind of like a whole lot of meh. Uh, I'd rather the quarter, obviously, rather the quarterbacks and some of the receivers. It's hard to say for the Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs. Uh, that's that's a whole different situation as well. We'll see how that pans out. I did in the previous video mention that I wasn't sure if MVS was on the roster, but I'm pretty sure they did re-sign him, so he will be back. Fantasy wise, I still don't think he's draftable, but it definitely plays into the mix with Justin Ross. Um, who's going to get his yep. first shot this year and rookie Rasheed Rice. So that, that'll that play into the mix as well. But uh, just more names to throw in there. And it, it's really funny that uh, the two best teams in the league, you just – you really don't know running back-wise who to take. And uh, maybe yeah. um, maybe those teams have figured it out. Maybe committee is the thing with the running backs. And obviously uh, contract-wise, we're seeing that in the league that – Teams are giving running backs less and less money, and they they want a few guys there so they could keep the rotation healthy. Um, and there, there's a lot of backfields with that same question mark. Even even the Packers last year, um, I know myself included, I was very high on Dylan to finally see like a true one A one B, and that mm-hmm. again just wasn't the case. Dylan didn't really take off like predicted, um, and kind of fell into that trap as well. So it really is hard to nail these running backs. And I think more importantly this year than ever, if I don't start running back early, I'm going to make sure I have some before that dead zone right around round four or five. Got to make sure because you do not want to play the field with running backs. If you look at our draft specifically here, um, our visual uh, viewers here will be able to see, but in – the fifth round and later, probably your few best options there are about Rashad White, James Conner, everybody in that sixth round, basically. Cam Akers, Madison, Kamara. And then after that, you're playing the field, and you just don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Um, and, and it's just not a spot I want to be. You even have a starter in James Cook, uh, supposed starter, going in the seventh round, and I'm just not comfortable with that. You know, so I'll make sure I have my running backs this year Um, and definitely strategy wise, like you said, as well, depending on the format, um, especially if I'm going to start wide receiver heavy. I definitely want to make sure I have my running backs by round five Um, and then the complete opposite. If I start running back heavy, uh, I I could wait on them and then maybe take a shot on one of the handcuffs later on that we just named. And then I'll go receivers uh, when that running back dead zone kicks in. Yeah, it, it's kind of that's kind of the beauty of doing a bunch of these mocks because then you could say, all right, I definitely have to avoid the running backs here and prepare for that, or just know where you're taking your quarterback and have your backup options if uh, somebody takes your guy if you're if you're sniped. And I guess that's kind of draft strat number one: stay fluid because always. You'll, you'll never get the guy that you desperately want uh, and uh, pray that you do, but plan that you don't. And uh, again, right. beauty of it. That's why you play against people and not computers. Yeah, exactly. I got Kyle. I got one more question for you here for all of our early drafters out there that are going to be drafting possibly end of July, early August. If Cook and Hopkins are still not signed by then, is it warranted to take Cook in the fifth round? 
And is it warranted to take Hopkins in the fourth, such as the draft we just saw? I'm more afraid to take Cook than I am Hopkins. I feel like Cook could find his way into a backfield that he doesn't belong in or is uh, busier than it needs to be. Whereas Hopkins, uh, what, worst case scenario, he finds himself in Buffalo and still gets tons of targets. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like Hopkins, where he's being drafted, is perfect. If anything, he's going to find wind up being a steal. Uh, if anything, he finds himself in New England and uh, still balls out. Uh, he's just a talented player, and that talent will will follow him. Whereas Cook could, I mean, he's talented, but I feel like running backs fall into a trap where he could be in Miami, and that's a system that likes to play more than one running back. Yep. No, I, I absolutely agree. And that, that would have been my answer as well. Uh, so uh, another, another draft strategy, draft as late as possible. That's, draft as late as possible. Yeah. Actually, yep. you might as well just wait until both of those guys have a team. Yeah. And th- those so, are the biggest ones, you know, like you, you may see Fournette and Zeke signed somewhere, but to be honest, uh, in terms of drafting them, they won't have more value. It'll more be so like who, whatever team they go to, it'll hurt someone else just a yeah. little bit. But Cook and Hopkins um, could either definitely raise the value or lower it. But yeah, Hopkins is going to be a number one no matter where he goes. I'm sure of it. Uh, but Cook, on the other hand, I'd, I'd draft with more caution. Yeah, Cook could still be a number one wherever he goes, but it's probably going to be a place where there's a one, one and a half right behind him. Yep. And you don't want that or you don't love that, especially, I guess, you want to know what his situation is when you're drafting. him. Exactly. And I really hope he doesn't ruin Ramadre. Don't do it. Let's hope. Let's hope. All right. Well, Mike, it was a pleasure. Always a pleasure drafting with you, dude, uh, and chatting some strategies here. Uh, And for you, the viewer, the listener, thanks for tuning in. Uh, feel free to like, subscribe, comment your favorite pick, where you're drafting from if you already have that decided, uh, and just uh, comment. Let us know something. Let us know something cool. Let us know what you had for dinner if you want. Um, but either way, shoot us any questions. We're here to help you. We're here to really help you win the first seed in your fantasy leagues, uh, and that's what we're here for. So we are. thanks for tuning in. Mike, pleasure drafting with you. Same. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the First Seed Fantasy Podcast. Till next time. Till next time.